Chapter 2 The Hardest Thing to Accept About Ourselves The tendency of these new machines is to replace human judgment on all levels but a fairly high one, rather than to replace human energy and power by machine energy and power. Norbert Wiener, 1949 About twenty years ago, Businesses around the world settled on a division of work between people and computers that seemed very sensible. The machines would take care of basic math, record-keeping, and data transmission. This would free up people to make decisions, exercise judgment, use their creativity and intuition, and interact with each other to solve problems and take care of customers. From Paperwork Mine to the Standard Partnership this approach is so widespread now that it's hard to remember the era of nonstop paperwork that preceded it, when carts full of file folders traveled between people and departments. A disturbing window back to this time exists today at the paperwork mine, an underground nightmare of inefficiency operated by the U.S. government's Office of Personnel Management. The site exists to handle the necessary administrative steps when a federal employee retires. Because these steps have not been computerized, however, the routine tasks require 600 people who work in a supermarket-sized room full of tall file cabinets. For Baroque reasons, this room is located more than 200 feet underground in a former limestone mine. Back in 1977, Completing the quite literal paperwork for a federal retirement took, on average, 61 days. Today, using essentially the same processes, it still takes 61 days. The state of Texas, which has digitized its process, currently does it in two. The intellectual blueprint for an attack on the world's paperwork mines was Re-Engineering the Corporation, written by Michael Hammer and James Champy and published in 1993. The book was an enormous success. It sold more than two million copies around the world and was named by Time magazine one of the 25 most influential business books of all time. Hammer and Champy's basic message was that companies should think of themselves not as conducting tasks within departments, for example, buying raw material within a purchasing department, but instead as executing business processes, such as taking, assembling, and shipping a customer's order, that inherently cut across departments. This sounds obvious now, but at the time it was considered both novel and important. Peter Drucker, the preeminent business guru of the 20th century, said at the time, Re-engineering is new and it has to be done. The process lens typically revealed many tasks that were unnecessary and could be eliminated, or as Hammer and Champy put it, obliterated. The business process re-engineering movement was accelerated in the mid-1990s by two advances, enterprise-wide information systems and the World Wide Web. Prior to the arrival of enterprise systems, companies typically had a jumble of separate pieces of software many of which were not linked. The larger the company, the worse the jumble was. Enterprise systems held out the promise of replacing the jumble with a single large piece of software, explicitly designed to execute a particular set of cross-functional business processes. 
This software could be bought off the shelf from vendors like SAP and Oracle, then configured and customized to a degree. Enterprise systems quickly took off. By one estimate, over 60% of the Fortune 1000 had adopted at least one of them by 1999. And while they could be quite expensive and time-consuming to install and maintain, they largely delivered on their promise. A study by Eric and his colleagues Sinan Aral and DJ Wu, for example, found that adopting companies experienced significant improvements in labor productivity, inventory turnover, and asset utilization once they started using their new enterprise systems. The advent of the World Wide Web extended the reach and power of enterprise systems to individual consumers via their computers and later their tablets and phones. The web was...